great singing. I was so glad to hear all these uh, beautiful songs that are going to be helpful when we are looking at John chapter 7. And by the way, my name is Julio Varela. I'm not Julio Guarneri. You can call me Julio 2.0 or, uh, you know, uh, JV, Pastor JV. That's what they call me. So because sometimes for people, Julio Varela especially is kind of hard to pronounce. So you can call me Pastor JV, and it's a pleasure to be here. We are going to be talking about John chapter 7, and we are going through this series, Come and See. And this morning, I want you to come and see. Let's talk about the unbelief that we can see in chapter 7 of John. But first of all, let me ask you this. Uh, one thing that you need to know, um, I always ask a lot of questions. Because um, I'm a professor too. So I like asking questions. But let me ask you this. Do you like praying? Do you like having conversations with God? When you pray, do you feel like God is answering your prayers? I don't know if you have been in this situation, but I've been there. Sometimes I'm praying and I know the Lord is talking to me. It's not like I'm listening to a voice. I just know the Lord is either bringing Comfort or probably giving me the answer to a question that I'm asking. But I know the Lord is talking to me. I don't know if you have felt this way, but I hope so. Because many times when we pray, we need to see and we need to wait for God's answer. Sometimes we feel like God is not answering. But you know what? It's because we don't believe that God could answer. We are not waiting for an answer. But let's say that this morning um, we are praying and we are having a conversation with God. Have, have you been there when, when you are praying and you are having this kind of a conversation back and forth? Like you are asking God and God is, is answering you. And you know in your spirit that he is giving you the answers. So I, I want you to imagine that you are before God. You are face to face with God. And you have this conversation, a conversation that you will see on the screen. And let's say that God says, hello, John. I mean, it says John, but you can put your name there, right? Uh, Juanita or I don't know. Uh, hello, John. How are you doing? And then you, are, you answer, I'm fine, God. What about yourself? Right? And then God says, well, you know, I'm just running the whole universe, working on fulfilling my glorious plan. I'm taking care of all my little ones and their needs. So... Uh, not busy at all. Just doing those little but precious things that only I can do. Then you say, wow, God, that's amazing, right? Then God says, by the way, John, after having this conversation, I have a very important mission for you. But I need to warn you, people won't believe in you. They will persecute you. Actually, they will try to kill you. They will see what I do through you, but they will listen and they will listen to my message, but will still question and argue about the origin of those wonders. Thus, I need to ask you, after knowing all that, are you still willing to do my will? That's a good question, right? Because especially now, during this generation, 
people don't believe. I mean, they believe a lot of stuff, but they don't believe in the Bible. What is even worse, sometimes we don't believe in the Bible. And let's say that you didn't have this conversation, but you know, I do believe this conversation happened in the past, in eternity. And it was a conversation between God and Jesus. It probably wasn't like this, right? Because we are talking about Jesus, the son and the father, God, the father talking. And you know, even though Jesus knew that nobody will believe him or just a few will believe him, he was willing to come and do the father's will. Aren't you glad? that he was willing to accept the challenge. And I think that challenge is still here for us now because it's hard to share the gospel. It's hard to talk to somebody when you know already they won't believe, right? And let's see, come and see the unbelief in chapter five and chapter seven, I'm sorry. But you know what? We'll see that the first group that didn't believe in Jesus was his family. Let's read chapter 7 verses 1 through 5. That it says, after this, Jesus went around Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders, they were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. You know, it hurts when people don't believe in you, right? It hurts, actually. But what about when your family, your own family, your own flesh and blood don't believe in you? I do believe it hurts even more. So I have this question. But before that. Have you been in any kind of situation when you wanted to start something new? Let's say a new career, a new business, a new major in college, or something similar, but people didn't believe in you? You go to talk to the professor and say, hey, I wanna, I'm going to take a degree in, in uh, probably mathematics. They say, but you don't know how to use your calculator, so... Don't do that, please. You know. But what about when you talk to your family and they don't believe in you? So I have this question. Do you think, do you believe Jesus had feelings when he was here on earth? He was 100% human. So do you believe Jesus had feelings? So how do you think he felt when his own brothers, people who lived with, that, with him, for a long time, they didn't, they didn't believe in him. They were actually making fun of him. 
It was like they, they were saying, hey, you want to be a public figure and you are hiding here? No, let's go there. I do believe it hurt in many ways. I think it hurt Jesus because they were family. But it also hurt Jesus because he was the savior. He was the Messiah. They were Jewish. They were supposed to be waiting for the Messiah, but they didn't. They, did, they couldn't see him. They saw their brother, but they didn't see Jesus. You know, even when people do not believe in you, if your family believes in you, you find the strength, the courage to keep going. And I do believe Jesus found the strength, the courage to keep going in the Father. The Father believing him. The Father was with him. The Holy Spirit was with him. That's why it was possible for Jesus to keep going. And even though it was hard as a human being to suffer all this rejection, he was able to keep going. And also, we learned one thing. Jesus didn't go with his brothers, not because he was afraid, but because it wasn't the time. Right? We can find here in chapter 7 that the crowds did not believe in him. Actually, the crowds were divided. There were people who believed that he did amazing things. And they were people who thought he was crazy. Uh, let me read uh, chapter 7 verses 10 to 13. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also. Not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he's a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one will say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Can you see the people divided? Some people say, no, he's a good man. Other people say, no, 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 no. He's a liar. Wow. You know, they didn't believe in him in spite of his teaching. How much would you pay? <laughs> Let's say that we can pay to do this. How much would you pay to see Jesus preaching from here, from this pulpit, talking to you, to see the master To see your Savior preaching from here. How much could you pay? If we could pay. But let me tell you something. Every time, every time somebody comes here and gives you the word of God, God is talking to you. Jesus is talking to you. Let me show you these verses. Um, verses 7 to 14. 7, 14 to 18. Now, not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. 
the Jews, the Jews there were amazed and asked, how, this, how did these men get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. This is amazing. You know what? Because Jesus is telling us something. If you find somebody who is preaching just for you to look at him, don't listen to him. He is looking for his own glory. But if somebody is here preaching and is giving you the word of God, he's giving you the word that the Father gave us, then that is somebody who is talking not about himself, but about God. And we have to listen to this person because it says here that that man is a man of truth. And God, the word God has nothing false. God has nothing false. There is nothing false about him. You want to listen to God? Listen to the word of God. You know, sometimes we don't believe. We are probably here listening and reading about these people who didn't believe, but we sometimes are the same. We are listening to the word of God, but we don't believe because we don't want to. Because it's probably talking about something that we are struggling with, any kind of sin, any kind of behavior that we know is not pleasing to God, but we don't want to listen to God. And we blame the preacher. Ah, it's so boring. Eh, it's so legalistic. Eh, any excuses? It has a heavy Mexican accent. I don't know. You name it. The question is, if the word God is open, listen. You know, some people were amazed with Jesus' teachings. But you know what? You could be amazed. But you don't need to, you know, be amazed. You want to, you know, you want to be amazed, go and watch a movie. There are very good movies that, you know, the graphics and the sound and everything. You will be amazed. But you don't come here to be amazed. You can, I hope you come here to be transformed. The word God, the word God is not for amazement. It's for transformation. You come every Sunday here and you are not being transformed. You have to start questioning yourself. Are you believing the word of God? Or are you like these people who were amazed of Jesus? And they were asking, who is this man? 
He doesn't have a master's degree. He doesn't have a PhD. How come he can talk like this? Who is this Jesus? They were amazed. But they weren't transformed. You know, there is a big, a huge difference between those who believe in Jesus' teachings and those who don't believe. For those who believe, his teachings are powerful. You remember this uh, uh, pericope, this uh, part in the Bible where um, Jesus is walking with two men. They are going to a little town outside Jerusalem. This was after Jesus' uh, resurrection. And he's talking to them and he's sharing the scripture, scripture, right? Then they get to the place and they are about to eat and see what happens. When he was at the table with them, he took breath, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was he was while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. I love the part when this guy is saying, our hearts were burning. Our hearts were on fire. When was the last time when your heart was on fire? While listening the word of God. When was the last time? I hope the Lord is talking to you today. Because we are reading the Bible. We are reading God's word. We are just going through it. We are looking at it. And you have two choices. Either you decide to believe And you ask God to start burning your heart. Or you can just be amazed. And that's it. You know, for those who do not believe his teachings, the word of God, are foolishness. Uh, if you read chapter 7, John 7, verses 46 and 47, you will see that the people who were supposed to believe the most, the Pharisees, the, the teachers of the law, They were the ones even trying, you know, to talking to people about Jesus and trying to, you know, get them to hate Jesus' teachings. Uh, John 7, 46 and, and 46 and 47 says, No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards reply. And then the Pharisees answer, You mean he has deceived you also? You know, I don't know if you remember the first time you listened to the gospel and you talk to your family, your friends, and you talk about, hey, what they told me, it was amazing. It was, I think it's true. And people would say, they are brainwashing you, you know? Like they are, they are telling you lies and you are believing those. It's like that. Uh, now, 
Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let, let me ask you this. What is the word of God for you? I mean, I was telling you, just asking a, a question about how much would you pay to see or to, to hear Jesus preaching from here. But you know what? We, we already have the Bible. We have this. So you want to listen to Jesus? Open your Bible. But you know, sometimes just because we've been believers for a long time and you can even say, I have read the Bible like 20 times already. So I don't have to read it again. I, I won't be amazed of anything. There is nothing I can learn now. Is that true? I don't think so. I think we can still learn. We can still be transformed. We can still grow spiritually. You know, sometimes we don't feel we can grow because we are not willing to. We are okay the way we are. Our status quo. It's fine. It's fine. And then we come and sing the song we, we just sung. And we talk about faith. But we talk about faith like something that we already have and we are not exercising. Sometimes, and we'll see this, sometimes the more knowledge we have, the less we believe. Did you get that? Sometimes the more knowledge we have, the less we believe. Because we read the Bible and we know the passage. So we don't allow God to teach us. I know this. I know what is going to happen. I know Noah, you know. I know, uh, just name it. And sometimes that knowledge, like a blindfold. Right here. That doesn't allow you to see God. Actually, these people, they couldn't see Jesus as, you know, their Savior, even though he performed miracles. And let's say that they didn't believe in spite of his miracles. Uh, verse, uh, chapter 7, verses 19 to 24. Jesus says, has not Moses given, given you the law? Yet... No one of you keeps the law. Why, why are you trying to kill me? You are a demon possessed. The crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them. I did one miracle. And you are all amazed. Yet. Because Moses gave you circumcision. Though actually. It did not come from Moses. But from the patriarchs. You circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that, that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you so angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. You know, we have people here who knew the law. They knew the law. They knew what the Bible at that time said, right? 
and they were willing to follow it, but they were mad at Jesus because he, he was healing somebody on a Sabbath. And then Jesus, um, you know, um, sometimes when we study theology, we, we see this uh, theological um, contradictions. Let's call it that, that way. Actually, the, the real name is theological tensions. Like two parts of the Bible that seems to teach different things. And then you know that on the Sabbath, you shouldn't work, right? You were a Jew, you shouldn't work. You shouldn't do anything. But they were allowed to come and circumcise a baby because it was part of fulfilling the law. And then Jesus said, you don't get it. I mean, you're trying to do good during the Sabbath and you get mad at me because I am the creator of the Sabbath. I know what to do and what not to do, but you are mad at me just because you believe I'm, I'm breaking the law. Sometimes even us, we'll read the Bible and we'll find these theological tensions and instead of coming to God and ask him what he means with this, we start changing what we believe. And sometimes without knowing, we go against God. Be careful. You know, even today, when we, when we share the gospel, I have seen people, I have heard people saying, if, if I will see God performing a miracle, then I will believe. How many miracles do you see every day? You see a lot of miracles every day. The fact that you are here is a miracle. The fact that this morning you wake up, you open your eyes, and you see the sun coming out, that's a miracle. The fact that you have food on your table, that's a miracle. The fact that you can go to work, that you are healthy, that's a miracle. The fact that somebody was willing to marry you, that's a miracle. <laughs> Believe it or not. And somebody say, amen. No. Okay. You know, uh, we live seeing a plethora of miracles every day. And people still don't believe. So don't lie to me. Don't say, if, if I was able to see one of these miracles, then I will believe. Don't lie. You're lying to yourself. You don't want to believe because you don't want to see God performing these miracles in your own life every day. Probably the saddest part, the, the, probably the worst part is that the religious leaders did not believe in Jesus. They were supposed to be the ones teaching people how to recognize the Messiah, how to see Jesus, how to, to know that he was there with them. But they were the ones who never believed in Jesus. They were trying to kill him. For them, Jesus was a liar. See what they did in chapter 7, verses 45 to 52. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priest and the Pharisees who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does. The guards reply, you mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted, have any of the rulers, rulers of the Pharisees believing him? 
No. But this mouth that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They reply, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. You know, their own knowledge, it was like a blindfold. They couldn't see Jesus. The Pharisees couldn't see Jesus, even though they knew a lot about him. So they were, they were confused by, by this uh, theological uh, contradiction that they were seeing. Like, no, from Galilee, he cannot come from Galilee. They forgot. We need to read the Bible carefully. We need to, to understand the Bible as a whole. And we, we need to understand that God will talk to us and will clarify. And sometimes we even forget that knowledge is not all. We need faith. Some people know a lot about, about the Bible, but they don't believe the Bible, so they are not exercising their faith. You know, um, the temple's guards were amazed, right? And not just the temple's guards, uh, many people were amazed. Uh, and they were trying to identify Jesus. They were wondering about Jesus' identity. I'm going to read uh, verses 715, 721, 731, and 740 and 41. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did these men get such learning without having been taught? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed, John 721. Still, many in the crowd believing him, they said, when the Messiah comes, Will he perform more signs than this man? John 7, 31. Finally, John 7, 40 and 41. On hearing these words, some of the people said, surely this man is the prophet. Others said, he's the Messiah. People were confused. Some were amazed. But I want you to, I want to remind you, You could be amazed, but you need to be transformed. Some people knew a lot about Jesus, but they couldn't see, they couldn't see him. Their own knowledge was, was like a blindfold because you need to know about Jesus, but you also need to believe in him. Without faith, you cannot be saved. You know, we are saved through the sacrifice of Jesus, through faith. Faith in him alone. The religious leaders consider Jesus a liar because of what he said. Jesus said that he was God's son, making himself equal to God. And because what he did, they didn't believe in him because he healed a man on the Sabbath before their eyes. Jesus was a liar, a deceiver, a rebel. Everything Jesus said was a blasphemy. You know, their, their intellect, their knowledge was on the way. 
We are saved by faith, not just by knowledge. And we need to keep exercising our faith. We need to open the word of God and be willing to listen. We need to be willing to be transformed. If you open your Bible every morning just because you have to, because you are a believer, then you are missing a lot. You will never be transformed that way. If you come to church just because it's Sunday and it's 11 and you have to be at church, you are missing a lot. You don't come here just to listen. You come here to be transformed. And it doesn't matter who is here. It matters that we, you are listening the word of God. Come here because you know we are preaching the word of God. Come here because you know God is willing to talk to you and is willing to transform you. And come willing to be transformed. Because sometimes we, the ones who know better, the ones who know more about Jesus, more about the Bible, we are probably the blindest. We, won't, we are not able to see God's miracles. We, we, won't, we don't believe that Jesus can still transform others and ourselves. We are looking to this passage, trying to see the unbelief during Jesus' time. But what about now? What about here? What about you? Are you struggling with unbelief? I think sometimes we do. And that's why we need to pray. Lord, help us. Help us to believe all the time. Help us to be transformed for you all the time. Help us to share the gospel, even though it's going to be rejected. Because, you know, people now are confused. They think that because they have a lot of knowledge, they know better. But people need to know the gospel. They need to believe. They need to be transformed. You are here and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Let me tell you something. You need to be transformed. You need to give your life to Christ. You need to ask him to take off the blindfold that you have in your spiritual eyes. You need to ask him to, be, to help you to be able to see Jesus as your personal savior. And then you will get saved. You will be saved. And if you are a believer, this is the challenge today. Ask God, Lord, if there are areas in my life in which I don't believe, help me, Lord, to believe. To be transformed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. Lord, Jesus, you said that if we are faithful to the word of God, then we are going to be listening to you. And we are trying to be faithful to you today, Lord. I want to ask for those who haven't believed in you, Lord. Help them to understand the gospel. Allow your Holy Spirit to work in, in their lives. 
and to be transformed, to get saved. And also, Lord, for those, for all of us who have believed in you, help us to be willing to be transformed, to be willing to listen to you, to be willing to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen.